a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Are you realizing your voice may not be as strong as you would like it to be and that it affects the relationships you engage in? I mean, do you fear people being mad at you or not being liked. So you hide your true feelings. I mean, being connected with yourself in a way where you can voice your opinion, express how you feel and set boundaries when something doesn't feel right is crucial when attracting a healthy partner. And part of finding your voice is realizing who you don't want to be quite honestly, and then taking a stand. But The journey to finding your voice and making it strong takes courage, it takes work, and it's especially hard if you've been hiding your voice your whole life just to keep the peace and please others. I mean, often you do this in order to avoid conflict or make people mad at you. And, you know, being a therapist, I always go back where it comes from. It's just really to have an understanding of how it formed. I mean, the eagerness to please stems usually from some sort of issues around self-worth. And you hope that saying yes to everything will help you feel accepted and liked. And you may have a history of being treated poorly at some point in your life. And somewhere along the way, you decided that your best hope for better treatment was to try to please the people who mistreated you. And over time, what happens is that the people pleasing becomes just a way of life. And you don't even realize you're doing it, quite honestly. Many people pleasers confuse pleasing people with kindness. When discussing your reluctance to turn down someone's request for a favor, you might say things like, oh, I don't want to be selfish, or I just want to be a good person. So you end up shutting your voice down or shoving your feelings down in order to just ignore them, right? Because you just want things to be okay. And consequently, consequently, what happens is you allow others then to take advantage of or control you. And then you attract lopsided relationships like narcissists or fixer-uppers, emotionally unavailable. I mean, AKA takers, right? Like, cause takers like you that way. So here, here are some ways you might people please and shut down your voice. And, and th- these are just a couple ways. Obviously there's other things that might happen, but I find that these are the most common. Number one, you might pretend to agree with everyone, even though you don't agree, you just agree, right? Like listening politely to other people's opinions and you may not think that that's right, but you, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> you know, you just kind of agree and it, it might even be against your values, quite honestly, but you just go along with the program. Number two, you feel responsible for how other people feel. This is very common. I mean, it's healthy to recognize how your behavior influences others, obviously, but thinking you have the power to make someone else happy is a problem. Like that's not your responsibility. 
your responsibility is to make yourself happy. Absolutely. And that's where the empowerment comes in. But it's up to each individual to be in charge of their own emotions. It's not yours. All right. Number three, you apologize over and over and over again for no reason. (laughs) Whether you excessively blame yourself or you fear other people are always blaming you, frequent apologies can be a sign of a bigger problem. So you don't have to be sorry for being you. Just because your opinion may be different from someone else, you don't have to apologize for that, right? Number four, you feel burdened by the things you have to do. So you're in charge of how you spend your time. I will say that. But if you are a people pleaser, there's a good chance your schedule is filled with activities that you think other people want you to do, or maybe they need your help with. And then, you know, suddenly you have no time for yourself. But again, your desire to please others outweighs your own happiness. And and that's where things become imbalanced. And number five, you just can't say no, (laughs) whether you say yes and then actually follow through or later fake an illness to get out of your commitments, you'll never reach your goals if you can't speak up for yourself. So if you relate to any of these, you're not alone. And in fact, I have someone on the line with me today who is working on finding her voice and letting go of people-pleasing behavior so that she can stop attracting, controlling, and narcissistic type of men. I will say that we're not going to like overdiagnose everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Deborah. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Kimmy. Hi. Oh, thanks for coming on. I mean, as we were talking about before, I, I just think this is something so common that many people struggle with. And I want to help you and hopefully people listening will also get a lot of support out of your story and share. So yeah, just tell everyone like who you are and a little bit about you and and your dating experience so far. Okay. So I'm in my early fifties and um, I had been married for 18 years. Um, So I'm new to dating haven't dated. Welcome. Since, <laughs> thank you. Haven't dated since I was in my 20s and early 30s. I got married in my uh, mid 30s and we have a daughter, 15 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. So I'm just starting dating and just sort of struggling with who I'm meeting and how I'm meeting them and what I'm attracting. Yeah. So what are some of the kind of struggles that you're having as, or things that you're noticing about yourself and things that also you don't want to attract anymore? So I have found that in the first relationship that I started, uh, I went on lots of dates. So I really screened Mm -hmm. a lot of people, but then I decided to start dating one of them and he and I dated for six months And what I found was that there were, while there were differences from my marriage, the person that I married, there were too many similarities too. And so I felt like, okay, I'm not astute enough or aware enough about what I'm both attracting and what I'm attracted to, because it's going to be, you know, same thing, different face type of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As I always say, it's like the same guy in a different costume and you unzip the costume. You're like, how did he get here again? (laughs) You know, like we were joking about that before. Well, tell me a little bit about the similarities that you're saying, like, you know, maybe from your ex and now these guys. 
So I think one of the similarities is that I so quickly uh, fell into people pleasing again. Mm -hmm. And so this guy, you know, very intelligent, uh, handsome, you know, very successful, retired, lots of money. And so I was so incredulous that he would want me, you know, he's a CEO at a company, just very intelligent, successful businessman, mm -hmm. which is a lot of what I want and did not have. So that, that was a big difference from mm. my ex because he was none of those things. So I was very attracted to the differences. But as I got to know him better, and we were dating for a couple months, I started to realize that I was just kind of losing myself again, which is exactly what had happened yeah. in the marriage because I was so into this guy that I was just sort of not speaking up again and not speaking my opinion. So then I started to, I, I gained this awareness through some of my personal development work and it caused a lot of conflict and he would get really angry and you have no filter and I can't believe you would say that. And I'm like, look, uh -huh. I'm not doing this again. Like I'm not being with somebody who I'm not comfortable speaking up with, who doesn't accept me for who I am. I'm just, I'm not. And I ended up breaking up with him because I felt like I just was doing the same thing over again. And I didn't want to repeat my same mistakes. That's awesome, Deborah, too. The fact that you were able to like set a boundary for yourself, you know, and not because, you know, a common trait with people pleasing is that, you'll either wait for something to happen so that then the other person will let it go because doing it yourself takes a lot of courage. So I, I mean, my gosh, like you're already starting to crack the code a little bit with your people pleasing. And I, and I know it's not easy. I was wondering, like, are there some familiar traits with these guys so far, like both with your ex and maybe these guys you're encountering that feel kind of familiar to your upbringing and 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 is there some connection there for you I mean my father obviously was the most um you know the biggest male example that I had in my life mm -hmm. and and then my brother I have a brother that's two years older and so um I haven't really thought about this but I mean both of them I mean, my my ex uh, is very much like my father. They were both uh, unfaithful in the marriage. Um, and my father also was not very successful, um, which is similar to my husband. So there are similarities between um, my marriage and my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's that familiarity that then sometimes kicks you into that kind of um, role that you had as a little girl. Cause I was wondering like, what was your role with, with dad? He didn't really get angry very often. He was kind of always happy, always there. Uh, somewhere along the way, I feel like I was rewarded for being the good girl. Oh Yeah. And so I became the good girl. My brother was the bad boy. He got kicked out of school, smoked pot. I mean, he was bad. And so I think I saw that example and how much pain my parents were going through with him that I decided, okay, I'm, I'm not going in that direction. I'm going to be the good girl, get good grades, 
And so I was praised for not getting in trouble like he was and being the good girl, getting good grades, being on the sports teams, even though they never really came to my sports games. But Mm. I just, I did all the things that I thought were the right things to do that would make them happy. And maybe I was always trying to please them and doing things that I thought would make them proud of me. Bingo. Yeah. It's like the dancing monkey, right? Like now do you see me now? Now, now are you happy? Are you happy for me? Are you proud of me? You know, like kind of that search and quest for that, that affection, like were they able to kind of praise you and and give you that kind of validation in general? I really had to fight for it because I also, there were three of us. I also have a younger sister and she Mm -hmm. was the cutest, sweetest, you know, most, and she got all the attention, the pot, she got the positive attention. My brother fought for the negative attention. And I, as this middle child, just sort of never really got much attention. I wasn't bad, so I didn't get negative attention. Mm -hmm. I tried to be good to get attention, but my sister kind of I was almost in her, in my younger sister's spotlight or its shadow in a way. And, and maybe is that where like kind of your voice started getting shut down? Hmm. I think so. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really, it, it's amazing how, you know, our, our brains I always say are like computer programs, you know, and then what happens is that you, when we get into situations, fast forward to dating and, and looking at, for a future partner, we somehow find ourselves in sh- situations where, where we found our role, you know, like when we were younger. And so maybe there was a familiarity with like your ex or some of these other guys of trying to gain their attention in some way, shape or form. And your focus is so much on the pleasing and, and, and the happiness. And then when you finally get it, but, but then it never comes back to you because you never learn to speak up to begin with. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if you've ever thought about this connection. No, I really haven't. Thank you for bringing it to light. It's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's powerful stuff. And it's not to say, oh gosh, you know, like, how can I override this program? I'm doomed, you know? And, and, really it, all it was is it was a habit it was a habit that got formed really early on and you know there and I'll, I'll come up with some strategies in a little bit and to help you override that but I thought it was really important to, for you to just kind of make that connection because your default button and your confidence lives in well I'll just try to please and maybe then dot 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 you know, whatever that ends up being and and your hope for love, your hope for that affection, that kind of thing. And what's happening is it's actually the reverse. And so it's like starting to think about when I show up, when I speak up, when I, when I really like approach things from a genuine, confident place, the right person will love me. It's the opposite of what I think the kind of approach you've been taking because that's all you've known. It's not, I mean, it's just something you kind of fell into as a habit. So I'm excited for you. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you think of that as I'm, I'm saying that? 
It's so exciting to to recognize this now. I mean, it's the perfect time. I'm in between this long-term marriage and just starting my dating. I feel like I'm still young enough to explore and attract and and have a wonderful relationship or maybe a couple. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, the, yes. You and I talked a little bit. We don't know each other that well. We just had like one call together, but yeah, like the kid on the playground, remember saying like just learning how to play with the boys, but in a whole different way where you get to see what guys show up for you this time. Yeah. Right. So, um, Well, this is exciting. So, okay, let's talk about your dating, like moving forward now that we kind of made a connection with, you know, your voice and how you show up might attract something different. Um, When you said, so like, how are you right now trying to meet guys? But let's just talk about your plan right now. So right now I am, well, first of all, my, um, <laughs> my daughter's father is trying to get back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have that to navigate. Um, and then for meeting other guys, I am on match.com and that's the only that, and then just being out there, whether it's at the pool, you and I talked about someone I met at the pool. <laughs> uh, I mean, why, why not? So, you know, um, but wait, just, you were successful. You did, you had to share, you have to share that. St- that's great. I, I fit. I am all about meeting guys in bikinis. Come on. I don't know if you were wearing a bikini or one suit, but <laughs> we got to get dating wear outside the bathing suit, but that's another conversation. So yeah, tell your story about that. So I was just hanging out. We live in, my daughter and I live in um, an apartment community and we have two pools, which I love. It's one of the reasons why I picked it and two jacuzzis. And so one day I was out there hanging out and there was this very attractive 55-year-old man who was divorced and we ended up talking for hours. I had a great conversation with him. I was with one of uh, one of the women who I hang out with a lot at the pool and we have us talk for a long time. And then she exited to leave us because she's married still. So <laughs> she, she left us and he and I talked for a lot. And then we ended up seeing each other for um for several times and it's it was great. So yeah. Yeah. You got your mojo back, huh? you all can't see her but I can and she just had this like really cute girly grin just now when I said that um so here yeah no and and that is important and I think like you're on the right path you know to just like feeling good about yourself you know this is your journey and this is what I want you to get for all of this stuff that we'll talk about is it's really your time to be selfish It really is your time to speak your truth, figure out who you are, what you want, and dating like the queen bee that you should be and are. And then it is your job to see who shows up and who deserves you. Because that those um, things of, you know, self-worth that I talked about in the beginning, that's really where it's all from. So I, I wonder, like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, one being the worst, like where would you kind of, you know, put yourself in ways of your confidence and self-worth right now? So I think my self-worth is low. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that I 
recently became aware of and um, have been doing a lot of research and reading mm -hmm. and <clears throat> and am working on ways to to improve my self-worth by having more internal validations of worth instead of external yeah. and so I have like 10 different um, areas that I'm working on for my self-worth and I think about them journal about them and work on them in order to raise my score closer yeah. to that you know above the five you know five mm -hmm. to ten like my, my goal is to be a seven in all of them and I'm not yet a seven and maybe one out of a ten so I'm working on that all the time. Okay. That's awesome. It's such a good start. And, and I always tell people to do that too. Like just kind of write things down and where you fall and then ideas of how you can raise your confidence. So what was the lowest area score wise for you? Um, one of them was the negative self-talk is one of the mm -hmm. biggest blockers to self-worth. And I don't even think I realized it until I started being aware of it on a daily basis of, how negatively, I, how critical, and that critical voice came from when I was very young, from mm -hmm. my mother was really critical, you know, why are you wearing that, and why are you, yeah. so, and oh. so that somehow I developed this critical voice in my head, and her voice continued in my own head of criticizing myself, and so that is one of the biggest things that I'm <laughs> working on eradicating, yeah. Um, yeah. And so one of the greatest things that helped was reading Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, who talks about mm. how we all have this voice in our head and how to quiet it. And that's mm -hmm. been a huge change in my life recently. Yeah. That's really, no, that's really powerful. And thanks for sharing that about mom. And, you know, what's interesting, just hearing a little bit about your history, just to make another connection for you, is that you almost had this like dichotomy of trying to gain like, you know, father's affection and praise and that constant quest that you had, but in a way with mom too, and any time, you know, like, so dad, it was never enough and you didn't really get anything. And then mom, you, you were shut down. So you were kind of left with, well, then I just won't say anything at all. You know, like, you know, like it's, and so it was this quest that you had that every child goes through where you're trying to gain it from, you know, your family. And, and that is outside of ourselves. So it's almost learning how to mother yourself and, and, and love yourself because, you know, what you've been attempting so far with your ex and, and maybe other guys and different things, you know, the kind of shiny objects that they're giving you right now, whether it's the hot guy or the, you know, the, again, they come in different forms. It's all the external validation that then causes you to feel good in the moment. But your job is going to be to be able to look in the mirror and say, damn, I'd love myself, you know, and just like, I'm a hot number and these are the reasons why, you know, kind of thing. So it does start, you know, with that. And it also sounds like a lot of things that you're doing, which is awesome, by the way, are very um, headspace stuff, you know, like you're reading a lot, you're absorbing, you're writing things down. Awesome. And I, I feel like you're an intellectual, so that's kind of like you're right. <laughs> so it's your kind of, yeah. um, again, way that you learn, I feel like you need to do more tangible things, more in your body and more things where you can see and feel rather than just think. 
Like more dating? For instance, <laughs> that would be one thing. So, okay, so let's get to some of the tangibles. And here, here's what I think. Um, well, you know, and, and maybe this has been in the exercises that you've done so far, but for you listening also, I wanted to just extract this. Like, here's some good questions to ask yourself. Like, when you're making a decision, let's say, about, you know, whether you want to go on a date with somebody or, you know, whether you want to like help that friend or, you know, it's really pulling in and asking yourself, what is it that I want? Not, not like, oh, well, this guy wants me to X, Y, and Z, or maybe I'll accommodate him by driving to him or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, here's a couple questions. Like, am I listening to my inner voice? Am I being truthful with myself? Am I connecting with myself? Am I, am I really being like congruent here? Am I letting myself be influenced by others or is this what I really want? And, and am I walking my own path? Like, right? Like this is, it's kind of starts with, with that to help you override that self-criticism or, or whatever. Cause those are just old messages, by the way, Deborah. like we're going to take all those messages you got growing up by mom, put them in a box, put a big bow in it and give it back to her. Cause that, that was really her stuff. That wasn't you. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> I need to do that for sure. What's coming up for you right now? Yeah, I just think that's exactly the work that I've been doing. I mean, not with that yeah. analogy. I love that analogy, but just to, you know, quiet it, get rid of it. And, you know, whether I give it back to her or, you know, as long mm -hmm. as it's out, out of me is, yeah. is, is the important thing for me. Yes, exactly. Okay. So once you kind of ask yourself those questions and do all the exercises you're doing, then it's time to take action and start doing things so that you start feeling and seeing something different. And I mean, I'm, you kind of slip this in, but I, I, I definitely want to like extract this because it's going to be hard for you to move on without clearing the closet here with the X. And I know you and I had talked a little bit about this before, but just to, you know, because this is important. A lot of people, maybe you listening, have situations where you're kind of half in, half out. Uh, it makes you confused. It's hard to be present with anybody that you're going to be dating if you have this mess dangling in front of you. And, you know, the, the thing that when you have a child with someone, it's not like you can just, you know pack up, leave, throw the suitcase out the window and say goodbye, like you have to co-parent. So, it, you know, and he is sounding like he's doing a lot of manipulation and, and convincing to confuse you. <laughs> so I think you, again, with the, the questions to ask, really have some clarity about, do you want, do you want to get back together? You're shaking your head, but, but just say out loud what's coming up. I don't. I mean, I have thought a lot about that since our, our separation several years ago. And, um, and at times, at times it was all I wanted was to have the three of us, him and me and our daughter in the beginning, mostly, mm -hmm. I just wanted things to be, you know, back where they were, even though I wasn't happy. Um, and then as I started to come into my own, 
and have the freedom and the independence and to relearn, which is a crazy thing to say at 50, to relearn how to make decisions for myself like I did back when I was in my 20s and early 30s. Yeah. I, I had stopped doing that because he was so controlling and overbearing that like even where are we going for dinner tonight? I'm like, you never like what I recommend. So you just pick. Like I stopped. I stopped deciding, even suggesting. So once I started to become more independent and free and be happier than I was, more content, more at peace, I realized this is if I now I get to choose who I'm with. So do I do I choose him again? Or are we really not long-term aligned? And do I choose to not go back into a relationship with him? It's been a, I mean, it's a huge decision that I've had to make, especially now with him trying to get back together. And so all of that to say that I have not made this decision lightly, but I have decided for myself what I want is to be very, um, to have a good relationship with him and not have a love relationship with him, uh-huh. yeah. but ha- have a very strong co-parenting relationship, a very strong friendship where I can call him and, you know, say what's going on. And we know each other better than anybody else in either one of our lives. It's been 18 years. So I would, you know, it would be, my goal is to have us to be close but I do not want to be in a love relation, a partnership uh, other than the co-parenting relationship anymore. I love that. You're so strong as you're, as you're saying that out loud. Do you feel that? No, but thank you for pointing it out. I mean, that was really strong. And I mean, I have the privilege of seeing you on camera and even like your body language, you, you're very strong. Have you actually said that to him as strong as you just said that out loud? I haven't. Maybe you should, or give him this podcast (laughs) afterwards, right? I want you actually, this is so amazing that we have this recorded after we're done and, um, and people are listening and you're going to be listening. I want you to play this back for yourself. This part that you just said, that was say it loud, say it strong, play it loud, play it strong. It's that you just had your voice just now. Yay. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. And, you know, coming from that place of not having, you know, guilt with the feelings that you're having and your desires and really setting clear boundaries. Cause again, you're not, you're not getting rid of him. You're setting boundaries for you, for him, but most of all for your daughter. Because it's also very confusing for your daughter when things are just in purgatory, you know, with parents and keeping her face and and, and presence in mind as you're talking to him, I think will also help you because knowing because you're a caretaker, sometimes it's easier to even like think about, you know, the people you love as you're stating your needs. You're actually doing her a service. You're doing yourself a service and him like it's actually the opposite of what the people pleasing has been because up until now you're thinking you're keeping the peace but you're actually creating more of a war by just keeping in this honestly for everyone 
and you'll feel free finally. And once you're free, then the fun stuff begins with making a plan around dating. And so here's some just like quick things that I think would be awesome for you. You know, number one, I think we should definitely spruce up your match account with some new pictures and new clothes. And like, you're gorgeous. I see you. And, and I, and, and I see you as a princess as well, like, you know, putting a red dress on and and putting a different pair of glasses on and getting all dolled up. And (laughs) she's taking her glasses off right now. (laughs) She's laughing. I'm just like interpreting because they can't see you. Um, You know, that finding your own beauty and seeing yourself in the mirror, I think that tangible thing, doing a little makeover on yourself would be amazing. And like, we could do a virtual makeover together eventually and give you some tips on your profile. Cause I think that'll be a lot of fun. I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. I'm excited for that. Yeah. It's just like the sexy confidence, you know, like that is, that is crucial. Um, number two, I think you should get a couple different suits for the pool, my dear. I mean, (laughs) it sounds like that's really working for you. Like, here's what I want you to think about as you're, um, creating kind of this new, just woman for yourself inside and out is that you're just playing, you know, like you don't have to think about a relationship. You don't have to think about a boyfriend. Just think about being. What does that feel like? That feels perfect for me where I am right now. Yeah. And because I think getting attached to the outcome, there's so much anxiety about like, well, who do I pick and and who's going to be the right one for me? And it's like, let all that go. And just really, because your journey is to, and this is for you listening, especially if you're dating later in life, it's it's like the 2.0 version of you now. Like you're different. Your life is different. Your your desires are different. And, and to really, you know, kind of make a plan around that. So I, I, I love that for you. And then I think the third thing is, you know, besides just, you know, going online and dating that way, but just enriching your social life so that you have a good set of wing gals to go out with and enhance your girlfriend circle as well. And just get involved in activities so that you have a chance to meet people everywhere and anywhere and hone in on those flirt skills, you know, like just really have a good time with yourself because what you're doing then is you're, you're, in action, you're building that validation from within with the activities that you're doing, with the circles that you're surrounding yourself with and enriching your life for yourself. Sounds great. And I think while all these like podcasts and of course, keep listening to my podcast <laughs> no, and, and all these other things that you're doing, all those things are great, you know, and absorbing and, and learning and intellectualizing. I just think you need to really be doing more. Um, and the final thing that I'll leave you with is, yeah, and we talked about this before, just definitely get some um, literature and books on narcissism and, you know, start looking at some signs, you know, of guys who are typical in this way, like, you know, qualities. And I've done podcasts on, on this as well, just so that you start detecting it. And the, the more experience you get, the better detector you will be. That's why I don't want you getting in a relationship right now. Cause you'll start to really see it all the while sharing your voice, you know, as you speak up more, as you say no more, 
as you start like demanding more for yourself and letting these guys earn you, you, you start seeing a different kind of guy show up. Sounds great. So I know I left you with a lot. How, how do you feel? What do you think of all this? Sounds fantastic. I'm going to do it all because I'm a doer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I hear that. And that's why I always say like, you know, the best students are the ones who take action, you know, and those, that's when you're going to break your own patterns, you know, with, with some of these strategies into place. Well, Deborah, I'm so excited for you. I feel like this is a, you know, a new beginning and, you know, um, I don't know if there are any like kind of last words of wisdom and this is your chance to actually state how you feel right now. I feel so happy and at peace and content with my Deborah 2.0 version. <laughs> and um, I really hope that there are some other women listening who can also, um, if they're struggling with the same thing, if they can, if this serves them to just help them think and open up to doing something different and finding someone different if that's the the same struggle that they have. Oh, that was beautiful. And I'll extend it to the men listening as well, because, you know, women always think that this is something only women struggle with, but I help a lot of men who go through the same people pleasing and caretaking kind of things. And then they end up in lopsided situations with women too. So it's actually, we're all no different. And that's why I love this format for you to come on and share all this. Cause I mean, this is what's going to help all of us knowing that you're not alone. So Deborah, thank you so much. Thank you, Kimmy. And thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And when listening to this, you realize you would like to stop hiding your voice and learn how to demand more for your love life. Hop on a free call with me personally by clicking on the link you see in the show notes to book it, and I will help you map out a plan in doing so. And also, if you are like Deborah, dating later in life, and you want to attract a different kind of partner, a 2.0 version for yourself this time around, I have an amazing six-week class coming up November 15th. It's called How to Date in Your 40s, 50s, and 60s, given all the things that we talked about today. This interactive and fun program will teach you how to look and feel attractive and desirable in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. And my process will teach you the exact steps you need to go from boring to sexy and landing the right dates. And I say it again, right dates for you just in six weeks. If you are interested in attending, just go to askkimmy.com and you'll be able to just inquire about it and we can hop on the phone and talk. Until then, remember working on you is working on your love life. That's all for now. 